be the world champion with a body like that. I am Johnny freaking wrestling. And that's the bottom line. And now, your world podcast champions. Welcome to another episode of Rumbling Reality, a show where I put Travis in his place for the next 45 minutes. That's not true at all. Yep. I put your wrestling mark face no, down. No, you don't. No, you don't. You factual, spend half the time coming up with... Factual evidence. No, I, you don't. You come up with some of the stupidest, hokiest, unrealistic things to happen. How is I, that I don't know about hokey, but place? you know they're pretty real in my mind. Of course, because, you know, in your mind, it's real. In other people's minds, you're just weird. So you're saying I'm the wrestling mark and you're not? I mean, if we're if we're really going to go for this here, I would say you're a fan. You're a fandemonium right now. Oh, so I'm not a mark. Yeah, because uh, that would require that you have intelligence, okay? <laughs> okay, Kurt Angle. So. <laughs> you better have that three eyes. I know. Uh, so, speaking of eyes, I have no idea how to transition to the next to the topic. But let's uh, figure out what <laughs> I is, have yeah, no, no idea. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> what should we talk about first, Trav? Oh, man. Let's see. Oh, let's we didn't do introductions correctly. I'm Ramsey, if it's your first time. And the other guy over there is Travis. And this is Rumbling Reality. Okay. There you go. First now topic. we're, now we're going to go formal here for a second. <laughs> there. So, hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I guess one of the first big piece of news that came out, I guess you were mentioning it over on the website, is the uh, injury report list that seems crazy. to... crazy. Yeah, but you know, it's not as bad as, as people have made it out to be because, I mean, most of those people, they're only going to be out for a short amount of time. True. So, I mean, Nakamura is going to be back next week at the pay-per-view. Bray Wyatt already returned. She well, she apparently is only going to be sidelined for two weeks, so um, so she'll be back there because it's no tear, so she doesn't require surgery. Yeah. Jazz uh, is coming back, yeah. What? <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about, people. He will say the most out of line thing that's not why. happening. <laughs> I don't know all. why Jazz came to mind out of all the wrestlers ever. Jazz. <laughs> I know you could have said Trish, and I would have been just as happy. Well, but, you know. Jazz needs some credit once in a while, I guess. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. She does need some credit, dude. She deserves it. But, no, yeah, the no injury list is there. crazy, man. I, I mean, it's not like they're long-term injuries, but people like uh, the rumored Jeff Hardy injury, supposedly he may be uh, working till Extreme Rules at least, maybe dropping his title so he can take time off. It's like every time Jeff Hardy gets going, something happens, I swear. Well, I mean, in this case, he's an older. He's older now, so, I mean, he's, he's not I'm, old. Yeah, he's older. I didn't oh. say he was old. <laughs> so, so obviously he's had to modify the in-ring style, yeah. which oh, we yeah. talked about here on the show. Last episode, times. I think, right? I, I believe so. So, I mean, and Jeff's done well about modifying himself to work a little bit of an easier pace, so that he's not putting his body at risk any more than what he needs to. Um, True. So, I'm not really disappointed in that. Um, and then we've got Dean Ambrose, who's scheduled to be back around September. Um, do you think it he'll come sell? back by Hell in a Cell? Not uh, Hell in a Cell. Um, Hell in a Cell. Then you just say that you said. I'm Hell trying in to a think. Cell. Is that that's not that's that's after Extreme Rules, right? Are you talking about the pay? Are you talking about pay per view wise? Yeah. No, SummerSlam is after Extreme Rules. What? Okay, I don't know why. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 
It's August, dude. Yeah, okay, I messed that up. So you think it would come back by SummerSlam? You know, I was thinking about that, actually, and I, I don't know. I want to say that he probably could, but again, we don't know exactly... He's actually been pretty quiet when it comes to like the progression of his injury, um, when he's supposed to be back, things like that. Um, that also attributes to the fact that he's not really a big guy on social yes, media. Yes, like say, yeah. He doesn't like to get on social media a whole lot anyway. Um, but it, I would like to think he could come back in time for SummerSlam or at least come back the Raw after SummerSlam um, and, and get involved somehow. I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point that when he does return, he's coming back as a heel. So, I mean, I think that's what people want. I think that's what they are expecting. And I hope that he does because he needs something fresh. If he just comes back as the same Dean Ambrose that we all grew stale for, yeah, it really will. This is his chance, I think, to reinvent himself and maybe even be taken more seriously. Because, I mean, let's face it. I just think the lunatic thing can only go so far. I... I think in the manner that he was presenting it in, it, it can only go so far. Like every episode, he's unhinged, he's always crazy. It's like, I don't know, I don't mind that with like an Al Snow or something like that, or a hardcore champion, but it just didn't feel right when you're trying to be like the head of the company. You need to, look, you need to have like a little middle ground. Oh, right, and that goes back to, you know, I think we even said something about his WWE title reign when he uh, when he won it. It just it was so lackluster that it just didn't feel, mm-hmm. it didn't feel important like it should have because, I mean, at that point, Rollins had already won the title and he felt like a big deal. Roman Reigns, I mean, we don't even need to go into that. We already know how big of a deal he is. Um, so when Dean Ambrose finally got the title himself, that, that completed the, the, uh, the triple th- of having the Shield members be WWE champion, and they all did it in one night too. So then everybody was stoked for that because everybody thought, you know, wow, this is Ambrose's chance to really show that he's a main event player, and he was going to be the focal point of the SmackDown brand since they had just started the brand split again. And it, for the most part, unfortunately, it was just a letdown title reign, which I think is another reason why they went ahead and made the decision to put the WWE title on AJ because AJ was white hot at the time, and they could AJ sell- Lee. Come on, come on. Too much, pre- too much pre-workout. See, people, this is what I'm talking about. You know, that's why when he says that he tries to beat down with facts, no, he does. He does stuff like this, Fake just news. like that. Fake news. Yeah. We might as well get you working over at kfabenews.com. Oh, I would love that. I've always, seriously, honestly, wanted to invent a website like that, too. Dude, you, you could totally rock that. Cause you, I know, Because right? the stuff you <laughs> say on here alone could probably fill up that website. Oh, shit. I'm just saying. You're right, though. But, but yeah, so that that's there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm still... I think I said it, I can't remember if it was last episode or two episodes ago, but I'm still just not really intrigued into the Raw brand. Uh, it just There's nothing about it that's really making me be like, ooh, I've got to watch it. It's, I mean, it, it, SmackDown's kind of like that for me too. I just don't know either. Either one hasn't been really doing it for me lately. I mean, SmackDown definitely has my interest a lot more than what Raw does because I think, again, and I said it last week, SmackDown is a lot more of a consistent show. Yeah. Um, you know, they've done very well with focusing on certain storylines. You know, Daniel Bryan, who's becoming a focal point, once again on SmackDown, I think is great. Um, the AJ Styles-Rusev feud, which has not really been a feud, because um, I'm not really invested into the feud, which I think, it, which is sad, because I like Rusev. I like that they're actually doing something for his Rusev Day thing. 
but I'm just I'm not feeling it. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. the, the feud just seems it seems rushed, and it doesn't seem like it. It's I guess the word organic would be the only thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I I would say that the feud for the most part has kind of fallen flat. But I think that was all that it's meant to do is it's supposed to be just a bridge so that they can then get to August and start building for SummerSlam, which in that case is probably going to be Styles and Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um, I was going to think, uh, talk about Daniel Bryan because it seems like he's been in the mix. Well, he hasn't been in that mix like he should be, but now there may be a reason why he's not in that mix. Do you know about it? I've, I mean, it's it's been discussed, and a lot of it comes from some com- uh, comments he made about a potential Miz feud over on SmackDown. Um, a lo- there's a there's a good amount of people that have a very genuine feeling that uh, Daniel Bryan's contract, which is set to expire here in September, um, he won't resign. So here's I've done room more research, and the other part of that is the same. The same manager or agent that John Cena uses for his stuff is mm-hmm. also Daniel Bryan's. Okay, so Daniel Bryan supposedly is holding out because John Cena right now is in negotiations with WWE two for extension to his contract or whatever resign whatever, and so Daniel Bryan supposedly is still holding off until John Cena signs his to see what kind of deal he can get. Which is smart because at the end of the day, I mean, this is still a business. And Daniel Bryan has said it before that he didn't get into this business to be rich. He didn't get into the business to be famous or anything like that. He did it because he loved wrestling. And because of that passion, it has put him into the position that he is now where he does have that leeway, where he can't. I think that's that's great for him to hold out mm-hmm. and be like, listen, well, what are you going to do for me? You know what I mean? Like, I've sacrificed a lot for this company. Uh, a company that, by in turn, never really wanted my success to begin with. I mean, if they're being honest about it, which I don't care what person from WWE, if they were to come out now, even though Triple H has come out and said it, Stephanie has come out and said it, that they're like, oh, well, we always could see Daniel Bryan. No, you did not. Like, don't don't oh, even yeah, kid no yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why it's like take it with a grain of salt because, quite frankly, they didn't want it to happen and they were upset that it did happen and that they had to adjust what their original plans were because otherwise they would have faced some serious fan backlash. So mm-hmm. um, it's the one time I think we can honestly say in this era that for once WWE listened to the audience. Like that's that's where the whole you know the miracle on Bourbon Street, as Michael Cole mm-hmm. called it, uh, at WrestleMania took place. You know, Daniel Bryan, the underdog, winning the title, and he had a great moment. That's that's a great moment for WrestleMania history. Um, but I think it's smart of him to hold out. Um, I think he deserves it. I think he should hold out, and I hope he does get a I hope he does get a contract. But then there's a part of me that kind of agrees with him that thinks he made a statement that he doesn't think Miz. And Daniel Bryan's feud could be booked properly in WWE, and I I think he's got a bit of a, a point to that. So there's a part of me that kind of doesn't want him to stay because I don't think he I don't think they will utilize him right in the long run. Yeah, a lot of people said that. I actually posted something on uh, on Twitter about it. And I was like, well, you know, we kind of want to believe. I'm like, well, I, I mean, I don't want to believe personally, but it's like cause I don't I have don't have a lot of time to watch other companies like as much as I do WWE. I mean, I can't imagine. If I started watching everything else as consistent as consistent as I watch WWE, 
I don't I mean plus my other stuff I do with my jobs and stuff. I don't know what <laughs> too much stuff. Yeah. Right. No, I I completely understand. That's kind of where where it's been for with me too is just I think that's another reason why I've I've just fallen flat with WWE. It's just it's like God, late. There's just I mean, I'll say this: the more it goes, the way they're going to be. Just I don't know. It sooner or later I might be inclined if New Japan has a a weekly show where I'm able to watch it on Hulu. I might start watching that instead. I don't know in the long run. I mean, if I mean at least consistently. I, you know, if if the product is where it keeps going, it just sometimes it's really whole. Dana Bryan had a really, really great interview and uh, with the Gorilla Position uh, show, and it was really great. And I, the funny part is there wasn't many people reported on it. I actually was like, you know, why is there no reports on this? And I actually did a little report on it, or just a little whatever. And um, and actually everybody picked it up this week. It was like awesome. You know, I did put it up on the weekend, and then people picked it up. But um, mm-hmm. if you watched it, he was basically, I mean, it just sounded like he was leaving the B. Basically, he was saying like. Um, about the Miz and his feuds and all this stuff, and he just literally said that he is afraid that WWE cannot handle a long-term storyline anymore. That's what he said. They can't. He said it plenty of different ways. He said, and he they just, can't. I know it's true, and it just it sucks because that's kind of what you don't watch. I mean, you do. There are, there are series out there that I guess that are, each series is its own thing, but it's very rare to have once one a series a show. If Game of Thrones or whatever every single episode completely was different. And didn't like build. Who the hell would watch it? <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. I, I agree. As ma- I mean, that's that's the lost art of this generation. Is that you know WWE is just so fast paced now that they rush through the feuds. Except, and this is where I think the exception comes in. Um, NXT does. They build on feuds, and they they build on them actually quite well. Um, granted, they're still on that same grounds of you know they're maybe a month or two at the most. But there are those rare exceptions where they actually do come out with something good. As a prime example, Gargano and Ciampa is a perfect example of that. You know, the feud originally was uh, supposed to be had last year, and of course Ciampa got injured. But then, as much as people may say that this had nothing to do with that storyline, it totally plays right into it, Mm -hmm. where Johnny... Uh, of course, was not injured, and Ciampa was. He had to take the time off for his uh, for his leg injury to heal. And you know, Johnny went on this whole spiel of, you know, is he is he worth it? He would lose these matches. He'd lose a series of matches, and just you know, maybe he just doesn't have it in him anymore. And then we saw the emergence of Johnny wrestling, and he had those amazing matches with Andre Cien Almas, where he was chasing the NXT title. And in the final, uh, or in one of them, I, I want to say it was the first takeover of this year, we saw Ciampa return and hit him with the crutch at the very end after he had already lost the match. Mm-hmm. So now you've reignited that feud, and it just plays into the whole story of when Ciampa play, uh, backstabbed him to begin with, Johnny losing his confidence and regaining it because of it, but then having that, that devil on his back come back with Ciampa, and then we've seen that feud and how it's played out, and so far it's been pretty good, and I don't think it's over yet either, you know, because they're still hinting towards it a lot, mm-hmm. and now with Ciampa as the number one contender for Alistair Black... For a while, I think. Well, that's that's what I, that's what this is with the Alistair Black thing. This is uh, this match is going to happen, but I'm telling you, I, I, I'm calling it right now, uh, no spoilers here, but I swear I just have an inclination that Johnny Wrestling's going to interfere 
in Ciampa's match for the NXT title, which is then going to lead to their blow-off match because they've won, they've each won one match into this feud. Yeah, Johnny won at NXT uh, or I'm sorry, NXT New Orleans. Uh, Takeover New Orleans. Champa got his back at NXT Takeover Chicago. You got to have that one last match, which I will guarantee you will take place at Takeover Brooklyn. And it will not surprise me if it's either a steel cage or what I think they'll go is the first ever Hell in the Cell for NXT. Ooh, that's my bad idea. I think it would be great, and, and it'll be one of the two. Um, if it's not, I would say if it's not one of those two, if it ain't a steel cage or a hell in a cell, then I will say at the very least it'll be a last man standing match. Yeah, Which I think would last be great. man standing makes sense. Too. I think it would be great too. You know, How about a last man standing hell in a cell match? That'd be freaking nuts. Well, that's not going to really. That's not that crazy. Are huh? you trying to combine matches again? That's not that crazy. It is that crazy. We're in 2018. We've seen freaking a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, it's called the Kennel from Hell, and we only saw that match one time, too. So The Kennel from Hell? Yeah. Do you not remember that? I do not remember that at all. Unforgiven 1999. Al Snow versus the Big Boss Man. You had that the big blue steel cage that was surrounded oh, by the hell in the cell. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now's Osiris members. Do what? So now's Osiris members. Yep, it's the kennel from hell. It only happened one time because oh it was such a stupid idea in the first place. I miss Al Snow. R- yeah, but R- you know R- what? For every kennel of hell match, there's a, some kind of pole match from WCW to even it out. So, I mean, it's... It was WCW 2000 pretty much sucked ass. So, I mean, and I'm saying that as a WCW fan, looking back and watching that time period, yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal when you look at it now. And I'm like, God dang. <laughs> How did I even still like wrestling back then when that's all I could watch at the time? When so you're younger, was, though, it's uh, different. It, it was. It was much, much, much different. Um, but what else you got, man? What else has happened this week that you um, want to speak on? Bray Wyatt returned in ring action. Uh, last Friday. Last Friday? He got in a car wreck last Friday. Uh, I mean, the yesterday. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Which means, yeah, last Friday. Sorry. Well, last Friday today. Yeah, whatever. Screw you. Um, hey, don't get mad at me. What else? Man, I thought we had a lot of topics to go over. Well, Ray, I mean, Ray Mysterio had the whole... Uh, the rumor that he had re-signed this week. I'm getting and, tired of this. Just freaking sign him. This has been like a freaking two-year thing. It's not been a two-year thing. And the rumors but, came out about two years ago that he was coming. And then he finally returned uh, Royal Rumble about a year ago, right? Well, I mean, he did. But at the same time, you got to remember that none of this had... None of this. Oh, you know why? Because he got injured. I remember that. They were about to sign him, then he got injured again. Well, no, they had they had said that they had talked about it because of his uh, work with uh, the work that he had done yeah. on the Royal Rumble, and the reaction he got was enough for them to be like, hey, we should take a look at this and see well, how this goes. How did they not, how did they not think that was going to happen? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, mean I just don't understand WWE. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. You have a star that hasn't been there that long. Of course he's going to get crazy reactions. Oh, absolutely. It's not like it's uh, some guy like Triple H who comes back every once a year. Right. I tell you what, the the other thing that I'd have to say, um, 
that I honestly was like, hey, this is this is something that I think is going to be interesting to look at. Is uh, you've got all these different guys uh, that are going to be coming from uh, NXT here soon. Do you think that For it's going to oversaturate? Why? Huh? Who? What do you mean? No, I'm just saying in general, you're going to eventually have people coming up from NXT as they oh, are. Oh, I thought you were saying some new shakeup. I was like, what the Oh, no, 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 no. But you bringing back these these all-time stars, is this still going to take away from you trying to introduce new stars to the roster? I mean, that's that's something a, that it seems I think like it's been happening problem. for a while now. It is. They've been relying so much on past names because the thing is, is uh, in the era that these past stars grew up in, it was a sink or swim situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they they fought for their spot, which is why they're still Definitely. well known to this day. And the but problem there's... we have now, the the older stars coming back, is the older stars usually don't go, don't pick a fight with Shinsuke or Kevin Owens. You have John Cena versus Taker. You have The Rock versus John Cena. The only person who does it correct is Jericho. Every time Jericho comes uh, back... Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Not just Jericho. John Cena can get thrown in there, too. That's true. True. Uh, I was talking about rec- recently, John Cena's a return, you know, a little run he had with Taker. I just feel like when you have guys that have such star power and such high-caliber guys that come back, they mm-hmm. really need to focus on letting the new guy go over on them. Not every single time, but at least at least make it to where it's like they respect the very end of the match. Either they respect him or they give him a run for his money. You know, let me. I I had something while we're kind of on the on the subject of of John Cena. I don't know if it's just me, maybe other people too, but I actually I, I kind of miss seeing Cena on a regular basis now, which I, I think is great. That I do too. It, I feel that way because. You know, Cena's such a good commodity now. I mean, I've said it. I've said it for the past two to three years now that I can't hate on John Cena anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I just can't. The guy, the guy has great promo skills and is amazing on the mic. Um, I would say that uh, in 2015, when he went on what most people call the, his career renaissance, where he showed that he could actually wrestle. Um, I, I would accredit that to happening mainly because of the feud he had with CM Punk before Punk walked out on the company. Because he and Punk would have great matches all the time. All the freaking time. Um, I think that's what really brought out John Cena at his best. And now uh, now that we kind of are at the latter part of his career, mm-hmm. I mean, am I the only one that, that is missing Cena at this moment? I, I don't think I am. But I mean, I'm writing in the description. Lower. Is Travis the only one missing John Cena? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I miss. I like John. You know me. I've always been a John Cena fan. I have four or five shirts to prove it. But I'm just sure. saying. Uh, I don't know. If John Cena comes back and is a long run again or whatever it is, he just needs to make sure he goes against stars that are newer or fresh and don't go against. I don't know. Like put him against Kane or something like that. It's like doesn't make sense. Which they do. They do a lot. They put guys. You know, Batista will come back and Batista will take on Triple H or whatever. I'm like, come on. You know, make sure the guys you're bringing back are at least trying to build up the newer guys. That just makes the most sense to me. Well, and you know, and speaking of newer guys that I at least I haven't seen on uh, Raw as of recent, and this kind of goes to what I was saying about the the shakeup at the time. Um, he had like a huge push, and now he's kind of just. I haven't seen him at least the last two weeks, unless I just missed his segment. Elias hasn't been on on TV. Like you know, it, there's rumors they maybe heard from that, but that's very true. 
Well, he's he's supposed to be working Undertaker at Madison Square Garden either this weekend or next weekend. Um, but it's like this is a guy that you were pushing to the moon, and I mean, I don't, I still don't really understand the whole Dolph Ziggler Intercontinental Title switch hands because I like the, it. I know you like it, but the night before. Rollins and Elias had a great match that that would have been the perfect time to put a new uh, champion in place and put Elias, who has been on a great role, um, to finally put a title on him. And they, they didn't do it. And instead, they go back to a guy who, again, no offense to Ziggler, I enjoy Ziggler's work, but let's face it, he's not new anymore. Yeah, What's but he's not new, him? but this run makes him feel new to me. It literally, I mean, this whole Does thing... Does it, though? It, I personally do. A lot of people are actually... Actually, a lot of people are actually saying that this whole thing is kind of growing on them a little bit. I'm not everybody, obviously, but this whole thing, to me, it feels... I don't know. It's different. It makes it, Dolph Ziggler feel a little different. I know in-ring styles and change, nothing like that. But sure. this, this, this way he carries himself a little differently now. I don't know. I just feel like this could be the run that I've been waiting for for Dolph Ziggler because you can go back years ago on this podcast and I've always said Dolph Ziggler is one of those guys that deserves to be in the head position for for the WWE in general. Like he, he's, I mean, he was there before Seth Rollins. He was there before Elias. He's before all these guys and hasn't had a WWE championship run for sure. But he's never, he's never, he's only held that World Heavyweight, right? What's he held? The World Heavyweight title? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I'm saying he's never just I mean, I don't know. Most guys they go in and out of the WWE title belt where they defend it for a while, they come back at him. I just feel sure. like Ziggler never had that long, consistent run at the top. He kinda was we know why, supposedly because John Cena, but Sure. But you know, it, it, to that though too, when it comes to Dolph Ziggler, I I totally am just gonna put this out here for people that the only reason that Ziggler is in the spot that he's in right now is because eventually he's gonna put over Drew McIntyre. That's what's going to happen. I know. It sucks because what I feel like... It doesn't suck, though, because Drew, to me, Drew, even though he's... he's, I don't know if you want to call him a veteran or not, because, I mean, obviously he had the first run with WWE, which was not as successful as as one would have hoped for, including Drew. Um, He was Intercontinental Champion. He was a tag team champion during that first initial run. But beyond that, there wasn't really anything that really stood out as being like, oh, this guy's going to be a huge main event player. And now you look at Drew McIntyre, and to me, I'm just waiting now. I'm like, okay. Oh, uh, you know, guy, Vince loves him. I mean, the guy looks the part. He's got the right motivation. And Drew McIntyre was on uh, Jim Ross's podcast about two weeks ago, and I, I listened to the podcast. And he flat out said, he said, this is not something that I'm just saying for TV or whatnot, but I really do feel like the locker room now is just full of guys who just like to just sit around and, you know, they wait for stuff to get handed to them or they, uh, they're not as passionate or they well, don't have that fire. Because Drew's been there for a while, though. He has some, maybe some little bit more respect. But a lot of these guys are scared to say anything to freaking Vince because they're probably going to feel like they're going to get fired. Personally, I think well, that way. Especially well, after mean, the I'm Enzo sure. thing and the cast stuff. Whether whether there's more reasons behind it, it just feels like anybody who has a um, a little bit cockiness or bravado to them, Vince won't put up with it anymore. If you're Shawn Michaels, if you're John Cena, if you're those guys, he'll put up. Oh with man, it. I mean, yeah, there. Uh, I mean, Shawn back Michaels. in the day, if Shawn Michaels was was in this era, this time period, yeah, if he had the attitude that he did back then, he wouldn't be in WWE. And that's the funny thing to me because I'm not saying you need that attitude. You definitely don't have to be an asshole, but 
Well, Chris Jericho has even gone on records as saying that he believes you do need to be a bit of an asshole. But but uh, to your point, Chris uh, even said to clarify his comment was, "I don't mean you have to be a jerk to people, and you don't that you have to throw your weight around and things like that. But you just have to learn how not to take shit from people. Yeah. Like you have to know your own worth. You have to know your self value." And that's where the the you know, the asshole part comes in. Is you have to just know when to stand up for yourself, and when it is the right time to do so. And to Drew's point, he even said it on Jim Ross's podcast. Something similar to that notion to what you're saying is that you know you can't really go in guns blazing anymore, but you still can stand up for yourself if you approach it in the right manner. If you approach it diplomatically, if you give him the reasons as to why, this is all Drew's words, as to why you feel the way you do, he'll, he'll talk to you about it. You, know? yeah. you just have to approach it the right way. You can't just be like, oh, well, I don't like this. I'm not doing it. You know? Because at the end of the day, uh, you're working for that man who signs your paycheck. You'll do what he tells you to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know of anybody that would just be like, no, I ain't going to do that because, you know, uh, Vince McMahon's not or telling me to do this. I'm not going to go do that. Okay, yeah. We'll see how long you actually last in the company then. Yeah. I mean, I mean Big Cass, prime example there. I just feel like when I read reports about Big Cass, I'm not a never big Big Cass fan, but I, I, it just gives me shades of like a Razor Ramon or an HBK back there. I feel like if they gave Cass enough time, he would have been a – I think he would have been a big star sooner or later. But, he was, uh, yeah, he but, was, I mean. But he had that attitude that HBK and those kind of guys did back in the day. And you guess you can't have that. At least what the reports are saying is kind of, you know, rude backstage and stuff. Yeah, which is which is fine. And and I do kind of agree with that notion a little bit that I, I think that WWE, um, I think they were trying to invest time into big casts. It's just, unfortunately, there was a lot of backstage stuff that worked against him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that and that's that's a shame that he, that stuff like that happened because I said it even on this podcast I thought he was doing uh, granted his promos especially on Daniel Bryan were just as hokey and childish and play school like I had ever heard before I'm picking on you because I'm the bigger guy and I used to be like you I used to be smaller well that makes no damn sense then if you got picked on back when you were quote unquote a small yeah, kid shouldn't you change. Yeah, you shouldn't be going and picking on people that are. I mean, smart. that's not always the case though, because a lot of bu- lot of bullies become bullies. Like they usually, not saying this is always true, but they usually a lot of those kind of guys, if they become prominent in life, they usually like become an asshole. Which I can see that I, I like totally you know can become see that. like a, a person in power, political office, police officer, whatever it is. Not all, right. obviously not all of them. Just saying, right. the ones that were bullied and stuff. Sometimes they overdo. They have a job where they have too much power and become that way. But yeah, I just think I have a feeling that this day and age, we just have a problem with guys speaking up. I don't think Daniel Bryan has that problem because obviously he would be going. Daniel Bryan knows his self worth exactly, and he's going on these. He's going on these freaking YouTube shows and podcast shows and saying what he says. I'm thinking, man. You're gonna, keep, you're gonna keep getting held back. There's no way Vince is not hearing this stuff, especially with every website reporting it. I'm like, I was thinking, man, they're gonna keep holding Daniel Bryan back and never give him the title picture because he just whatever. But, but that's I, true. You you have you have a point because here's what's interesting though, is if they did that anyway, here's where the fun part comes in. This is where uh, we were saying just a few seconds ago that you have to know your self worth. 
Daniel Bryan is arguably still one of the hottest commodities in WWE, and if he gets released, like, or if he decides not to resign, we'll he'll go become, that route right now. Even hotter. He'll become the biggest free agent that is available on the open market right now. I mean, period. Ever. Period. I mean, probably and, ever. Honestly, I have never. Well, I cannot. Now, I cannot think one time ever that a the one because this is not the WCW era. I'm saying uh, AJ a time, Styles. A time, but even AJ Styles did not have the caliber Daniel Bryan did because Daniel Bryan oh, pretty no, much don't, no. Bri- Daniel Please. Bryan appeals to everybody. You cannot tell me mainstream people knew AJ Styles' name. Everybody, little kids, know Daniel Bryan now. Okay, well, Everybody. if you're if you're wanting to go if you're wanting to go mainstream, mm-hmm. like let's let's be honest about this. Yeah. Daniel Bryan did not even become a WWE mainstream I'm name. About now I'm not talking about okay coming WWE. I'm saying right now. Okay, as a right free now agent. I will still okay if we're speaking here in the now. Uh, because originally we were saying that there had not been a guy that had ever, in this, these were your words, that you didn't think ever had been as big of a name on the open free market, and AJ Styles was. So I would definitely say that he had that. At that, now, at that time period, yes. At that time period, yes. yes. But now, now that Dan O'Brien will be coming a free agent, he has trumped AJ Styles. Sure. Yeah, and that's then what just I mean. About I'm three... not talking about back then. I'm talking about Dan O'Brien now. That wouldn't make sense. It's like saying... AJ well, Styles no, before his TNA run and New Japan run was a hot free agent. No, he wasn't. Same concept. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan before WWE would have been. No, I mean, what do you, what do you know? Nothing. Yeah, he, that's what that's what I was gonna get at. Is that no nobody could have given a shit about Daniel Bryan yeah. back. Nobody, um, or Bryan Danielson, if we want to go by exactly. This there was nothing. WWE pretty much made his popularity. But they when did. You, when you say AJ Styles left WWE today. Uh, Daniel Bryan left WWE today. Daniel Bryan would have a higher paying contract at multiple places than AJ Styles. I guarantee. Mm-hmm. That is that. I mean, that's you can just look up. Right it really is, but you can look up. I mean, just look up the merch sales in WWE. You can look up those kind of things. Just look up how much Daniel Bryan sells to how many different kind of people compared to AJ Styles. AJ oh, Styles yeah, yeah. is obviously an awesome guy, crazy awesome wrestler. Uh, you know, so many accolades and stuff. Sorry, Rusev. But it's, uh, <laughs> in general, Dan O'Brien appeals to pretty much all the spectrums. Young kids, older people, girls, I mean, everybody you can think of. AJ Styles appeals to everybody too, but not everybody's an AJ Styles fan. I feel like there's a lot more people who've always been on Dan O'Brien's side. He's always been that, like, you know, like, underdog, fight for your whatever. Styles fight has kind of like been, like, a <laughs> phenomenal, like, you know, I'm a, ba- I'm, I'm a badass. Which is awesome. It's in his own right. It's awesome, you know, but... Well, and I think that's what, in in my opinion, that's what's made AJ Styles so successful is that he came up with the phenomenal one gimmick that, like to your credit, is supposed to be sort of this kind of cocky, sort of badass like gimmick. Only the thing is, is he didn't really portray himself as being cocky or badass. It just he called himself the phenomenal one because he did all these phenomenal things, and it, and it just stuck. And so as much – it was kind of along the same lines as uh, what made Rod Van Dam so popular was that he was just a braggadocious guy who said he could do all these things, and then he would go out and do all these things. And he had a right to call himself like Mr. Pay-Per-View or Mr. Monday Night or in SmackDown's case, wherever they were this particular season, whether they were on Tuesday or Friday. 
Mr. Tuesday or Mr. Friday Night. It's it's the same thing. It's just your your nickname just validated exactly who you really were, um, at least when it came to the ring. So, they, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, to your point, if Daniel Bryan be, uh, does become an open free agent in September, absolutely. I, I totally 100% back what you said, that he would be, to this day, um, up until four months later, which would then be when Kenny Omega and Cody's contracts expire, um, <laughs> he would be arguably the biggest free agent in professional wrestling. So, See, I still don't even believe that. I still think Daniel Bryan trumps Kenny Omega, personally. Because I have a feeling New Japan would pay crazy money for Daniel Bryan, especially right now with him really trying to get the USA market. Do you... Oh my god, they would... They would, they would I mean, I guarantee you the reason why Daniel Bryan's holding out is because he is probably talking to New Japan. Product plug for a second, ladies and gentlemen. The G1 special for New Japan will be airing tonight, starting at 5 o'clock Central Time. Um, and they announced earlier this week that you can actually stream the entire G1 special through Twitter and Facebook Live. Uh, Facebook Live will be broadcasting the entire G1 special through Access TV on Facebook Live this evening at 5 o'clock. So for all y'all, keep that in mind. Um, now, going back to your, your point, yeah, absolutely. If New Japan, uh, which honestly, my first thing would be he would, he would either talk to New Japan or maybe more specifically, he'd talk to Ring of Honor right off the bat because he's, he's familiar with Ring of Honor. He has limited dates with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has the New Japan joint ventureship right now, so he could still work both shows. Um, yeah, and honestly, if anything, I think he would sign with Ring of Honor, but that's mainly because, again, he's been a name with Ring of Honor, and he could still work New Japan. So um, it definitely would be a huge coup, especially on September 1st, if his – if his contract, which is rumoredly his last day of his contract, is August 31st, so September 1st, which is the date of the all-in event on that Saturday, according to what has been said, uh, he would be in the right to show up. Like, he could legitimately yeah. show up if well, he doesn't no, it's the all-in, no, there's a 90-day clause. No, that's what I'm saying. He's not released, and it would be his contract is expired. Um, at that point, most contracts, when they expire, if you are not released from your contract or fired or something, see, I've never heard of that because most normal contracts, even if you're just if the contract ex is finished, you still money to clause. It, you 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 can try, but he's an independent contractor. This goes back to what CM Punk's uh, whole thing was, and this also is what Alberto Del Rio took WWE to court for: is that you cannot claim a no-compete clause on an independent contractor because you're essentially taking away what they do for a living for 90 days. Well, they can't. So, don't sign the damn contract and get all the millions of dollars that he pays you. Hey, CM Punk fought it, and he won. Yeah. So, I mean, it ain't that far-fetched because even he said it on the actual so, Cocabana podcast. if you didn't pick Daniel Bryan, who would you pick? Because this is going to be one of the main topics now for the head, the head banner for the, the podcast. If you had to pick, how about this? Well, this is the first question. Right now, out of all the WB stars, if anybody just had to, if anybody current in the roster, not like past, uh -huh. left right now, you think Daniel Bryan would still be the hottest free agent? I mean, and obviously, so, if John Cena left and went to New Japan, that'd be the craziest thing in the whole world. But so, just uh, I'm just I just want to clarify the what current your actual roster, not like legendary guys or like people that come back right. next month. Huh. No, just to clarify your question, you're asking: Is there anybody else that would have a bigger name? 
than Daniel Bryan on the free market if they were to leave WWE today? Yeah. Yes, I do believe there is yeah. somebody. Um, actually, I think there's a, a quite a bit of somebodies. Um, I think Dolph Ziggler would be one. Um, I actually uh, am 100% behind this one, especially. Seth Rollins would definitely be oh, one. Oh, yeah. That, that's um, a big one. As much as people hate hearing this one, I'm sure it's true. Uh, Roman Reigns, he would be huge. I didn't huge. even think about that. That's probably just as big as Daniel Bryan, actually. I, I agree. Because he would bring so much agree. heat. The thing is, overseas, people love him. Oh, I'm sure. Like, but they you cheer know the how, crap out you of him. Know, do you know how badly, though, New Japan could sign Roman Reigns? Because he's got some relatives that work over there right now. And do you know how easily he could be a, a heel over there? And be a badass heel, nonetheless. Like, yeah, but literally Roman Reigns is a big out. family guy. I don't think he'd ever do that. He wouldn't want to go over there overseas and stuff. That's what I'm saying. If New Japan came to USA and started doing like a consistent USA show where they only had USA spots, like the the stars wouldn't have to go overseas. I have a feeling. Oh, yeah, that's not gonna happen, I have though. a feeling. I don't know, honestly, man. I don't think that's not not going to happen in the long run. I got a feeling sooner or later. New Japan will have a like, USA only tour, or not USA only tour, a USA only show that will air over Japan and have under the New Japan brand. And I think uh, if that happens and they pay the stars enough, it will be a crazy contender for stars from WWE and ROH to jump ship. As long as, I'll say this, as long as Ring of Honor still has their joint ventureship with New Japan, that will not happen. I don't even see that being an Yeah, I mean, that's true, but it's like, it's like a cell phone company. Samsung makes chips for Apple's iPhones, but sooner or later, which is already going, this is already happening, iPhone wants to do it all on their own to make the most money. Well, yeah, but the, I mean, if you want to go with that In a business logic, aspect, the long run, it's better to rely on your own. Well, if you want to go with that logic, though, you can kind of make that same argument for WWE, and they're the hot, they're the biggest brand for wrestling right now because they don't have a Japan-only show, but they have a big presence over well, there. Well, I mean like Japan-only show. I'm just saying like, I don't know, like kind of how WWE only goes overseas here and there. I got a feeling New Japan may start doing that. If they got big enough in USA, USA and they This is the second time that I think they're doing a USA show this it year. It is, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. And I just feel like they are obviously finding it lucrative enough to come to USA. I just got a feeling you're going to see a more consistent round of uh, USA tours every year. Well, especially right now with Kenny Omega being their IWGP heavyweight champion because he has more of a uh, worldwide appeal. Oh, yeah. Not any not any disrespect to Okada because Okada's a great Okada. wrestler. Okada. Sorry. But Okada is Japan. He's he's Japanese. He was literally he's he is the Japanese market, right? But if you're wanting worldwide success, you have Kenny Omega who is from Canada, who speaks English and Japan fluently. Um, he has a great look to him. He is a mass appeal. So uh, he's obviously the better bet if you're going to go and try to take this company global, which they are, and they've already made strides to do that. Yeah. So, And especially with the backing that they have with Access TV, which is ran by Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, who actually loves wrestling and is investing money into this, uh, into this product. Yeah, New Japan has become huge. Like, just in the last two years, two or three years, New Japan has been put on the map. So, uh, I totally get what you're saying there. And yeah, you're going to see a more consistent basis of Japan coming over here. 
And the more they do that, yeah, absolutely, the more they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and it won't surprise me if here in the next few years, as I've said several times, if you see a joint ventureship between New Japan and WWE. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's going to, if Triple H uh, has enough pull, it's going to happen sooner or later because I think there's already evidence they're letting so many stars do. Um, they did, Adam Cole did a uh, independent show about a week or two ago, didn't he? Yeah, for Evolve, as a matter of fact, yeah, which then like, starts. Well, that sparked the rumor mill again that WWE was interested in buying the Evolve uh, wrestling organization. God. But that that rumor has, uh, for mostly, it's been kind of dismayed because they said don't take the rumor seriously because it's just uh, kind of like a one-off thing. They were like, it's not anything to be like, oh yeah, this is definitely going to happen. Don't, not to say that it can't happen. Yeah. But they said don't don't get too excited about it because it's not like it's. It's not really in the cards, so to speak, for that to take place right now. Gotcha. Um, it's, it's, of course, like we just said, it's possible, but it's not likely right now. So, I, I don't even, and I don't even know because I was saying this before. I wouldn't even want uh, them to start buying up wrestling companies again because we're in such a renaissance right now. And I got to find all those companies will probably give it over because you know those guys aren't making the kind of money that they could probably make if they just you know got bought out real quick. <laughs> right, right. I I agree. I agree with that. But I mean, with the way WWE's current product is right now, God, it's it's with the exception of NXT, it is extremely hard for me to stay interested with them. It really is. I mean, and thank I, God for NXT. Like you just said. Yeah, yeah. No, for real. Like, <laughs> thank God for NXT because honestly, I've caught myself the last two to three weeks being, and I I can't believe I'm about to say this because I never thought it would actually happen, but I literally have zero, almost zero interest in whether or not I watch Raw or not on Mondays because oh, wow. I'm like I'm like man, yeah, it's the same stuff. It's so predictable. I mean, dude, the the whole Sasha Banks and Bailey thing going oh, to your management crap again. Like, great, you get Dr. Shelby to come back and do the Team Hell No kind of memory and shit like that. That's that's fine. But they're doing the same storyline that they did with them. And this whole feud between Sasha and Bailey should have been blown off already. Like It's just they, and they make it so it. weird. There's no, like, yes. evident. There's no, like, I'm not saying we have to have a heel face kind of thing, but there's just no, no, I just, like, I just don't feel it at all. But you know what's so interesting about this? This kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, saying that they don't really do long, drawn-out feuds anymore. Here's a prime example of them basically do doing one. a long, drawn-out feud, but this is, in my opinion, they're doing it the wrong way. You know, they should have already had the breaking point between Bailey and Sasha two months ago. I know. It, know? Feel, it feels like a very like horribly written you know, just a movie or something. It, well, it is because it's a bunch of writers that don't know diddly shit about wrestling, and they don't know how well, to make things. Even if it's impactful. not wrestling, the storytelling and the what it leads up to is horrible too. So okay, they're not yeah. wrestling fans; they weren't born wrestling fans. Whatever, who cares? But the yeah. fact is, they can't tell the fucking story either. Right, right. It's, 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 <laughs> I mean, they could have made the Sasha Bailey thing one of the main things this whole year. They could have made it. Oh, it could really, have been great because they've been fighting for a while now. NXT two, and they just haven't We've seen all, it. It We've just, seen the success that they had in NXT, and it was a great feud down there. But now, but now you can't even translate that to the main roster because this feud, nobody wants to see it now. Yeah. They took too long. And I think that's what it's going to suffer from is that people got sick of it. And 
if anything, I think it was even funnier to see when Bailey attacked Sasha, people cheered it. Like, they were like, finally. And that's she, what everybody kind of wanted was Bailey to turn heel because she's like boring right now. Well, in my opinion, she doesn't need she doesn't need to be the one to turn heel. Sasha needs to turn well, heel. Well, the thing though, that's what would actually make the storyline a little different. I know that's what, and that's what made me so confused over it was like they had her attack Sasha as if she would be the heel going into this. And that's feud. what they needed to do, but they made it so wishy washy. You still don't know who the hell's the heel. It's confusing. I know, and for me though, I thought it was great that Bailey did that because that was finally, you know, Bailey. We've seen her be put in feuds, specifically the Alexa Bliss feud. Uh, about this time last year where they had the the extreme rules match or the kendo stick match uh, was the stipulation where that's where Bailey should have shown her aggressive side is that mm -hmm. because Alexa had picked on her and said that you know she's not tough enough she's not gonna she doesn't no, have the will no to be mean <laughs> right <laughs> she doesn't have the will to be mean she doesn't have this or that she just doesn't have that killer instinct in her and then you get to see it with this with Sasha where she's, she just had enough. She got tired of Sasha's attitude. She got tired of the way she was being treated. So she finally said, I'm going to do something about it. And she did. And to me, that's what made her even more of a success. But now, like you said, they've played it so wishy-washy that it's still up in the air as to who's really the heel or the face in this whole thing. And that's what I hate about it, mm -hmm. is that you don't know. You've drugged the feud on so long, and you have made it so difficult to determine who's supposed to be the person we're cheering for. This 50-50 booking or uh, nobody's a face, nobody's a heel, this does not work in wrestling, just like it doesn't work in any in other movies, kind of TV show. Do you, watch, do you watch movies? Do you see the Marvel Cinematic Universe having both people that are nice guys and they just nobody hurt each other and there's no I mean, there's no there's always a really clear cut bad and good guy it's exactly. the way the world works exactly and that's and that's what i think i don't care I, and I, I don't know who said it but somebody was saying that whoever talked Vince McMahon into this whole 50-50 booking mentality should be shot because this doesn't work. You have it. That's not going to resonate with fans because fans will get, like we are saying now, they're going to get confused as to exactly who they should or shouldn't cheer for. Whereas back in our day when we were watching it as kids, it was pretty much cut and clear who it was that we're supposed to root and cheer for. You know? Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't always have to have that. You know, like the Rock, Hulk Hogan, you don't always have to have that. Right. I mean, but that, those be, are rare it can't exceptions. Be all, exactly. It can't be all the time. That's what it feels now. Roman Reigns not turning heel. John Cena not turning heel. It's like these guys back in the day would have 100% turned heel. Yeah, everybody 100%. turned heel at least once. 100% everybody turned heel. back in the day they would have turned heel. Because you know why? During the WCW era, they would not have lived. They would not have been able to breathe this long if they had fans booing and walking out. No, no, they wouldn't have. And, and that's... And that's also goes to the point of why I don't want to see wrestling go back to you know the the 90s and the 80s of Vince buying up territories or promotions. And anymore. you know what? That's true because that might actually that that could actually happen. That's what I'm saying. Is I mean we need that's the thing that wrestling needs, and that's why New Japan and Ring of Honor specifically have been doing a great job about building themselves up over the last couple of years because. Now it really does feel like that there's competition for WWE. There's an alternative side. If you don't like WWE's product, guess what? There's another product that's on the up and up right now that you can get into if you're not feeling the WWE product. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're awesome to watch. They have great wrestlers over there too. 
And that's what's making it so like, hey, don't like let's not get into another era of buying promotion after promotion after promotion um, just because you want their library. You know, hopefully know, more right? promotions are going to be like, hey, no, we don't want to be bought. We're not going to take this deal into consideration because look at the renaissance we're in right now. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We are currently in a new golden age of professional wrestling that I think when all is said and done, at least in the next 10 years, it's probably going to be the most successful and lucrative time uh, in pro wrestling ever. You know, right. and that's and that's a big step when you talk about the 90s. True, and I still think to this day the '90s are the best is the best time to be, to have been a wrestling fan. To this very day, I have never swayed away from that argument. But if things keep going the way they do this generation, we will be saying that this tops the '90s generation. But that's just that's one man's opinion, though. Yeah, seriously. Well, buddy, I think it's uh, uh, at that time. Uh, any last words before I? Um close this show mm-hmm. um yeah wrestling rocks so as oh, much as we real like quick, to... <laughs> travis has a really pretty cool awesome exciting announcement um are you talking about what what we've talked about before <laughs> the, your facebook thing yeah yeah so um ladies and gentlemen as i think we had mentioned it uh last week's show um or no i'm sorry last week was my first my first episode so um it is been since that I have actually now started uh, to do commentary, color commentary, for a promotion based here around the Midwest area called World Class Revolution, um, formerly known as Imperial Wrestling Revolution. Um, What's they it called? Have, it's called WCR, which is World Class Revolution Wrestling, um, but it's just WCR for short. Gotcha. Uh, they have their own also web-based subscription. Um, which is the world class subscription, and it's only a four ninety nine uh, to keep up with their episodes. All you gotta do is log on to their Facebook uh, page, and you can find the direct link to their site and subscription right there. But yours truly, his debuted episode of color commentary will be aired this weekend for world class. So uh, if you live in the Texas area, mainly the northern area like Waco, Dallas, things like that. Um, if you live in Joplin, Missouri specifically, and a few other markets near that area, uh, you can actually find and check your local listings to see if you can have World Class on your TV and listen to your boy, because this is going to be my first episode, and it's it's really cool. It's a great opportunity. I'm very humbled to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, check us out. Go check out their Facebook page. Check out their website. Um, if they're in your local uh, market for television, please do me a favor and just watch it. It's a great little show, and they're an up-and-coming around this area, so I think it's going to be an awesome time to be working with them. It's a great time for me. Um, I look forward to everything that hopefully will be to come with World Class. So, yeah, that's that's a great opportunity, and, and thank you for anybody in advance that watches. All right, and congratulations to Travis and... We are out of here because I got to edit this, put it up, and get ready for work. All right. Well, let me go in and I'll send everybody off through our normal spiel. Yeah, pop me off, bro. I will pop you right off, ladies and gentlemen. So, as usual, go and like us over on Facebook. Go follow us over on Twitter with Rumbling Rumors at both. You can also follow me and Ramsey individually at WWE Ramsey, at Travis underscore Falhart. Yeah, I'm way more excited than Travis to follow because Travis doesn't say shit on Twitter. 
Hey, I I have my moments. I'm the first to admit. I, I'm I've said it before. I'm it. not always the up and up on Twitter, but I've said it before. It's all good. So I'm trying. I'm trying. Damn it. So leave me alone. We need to commit. Make Travis. Let's commit to Travis once a day. Tweet and it doesn't have to be wrestling stuff. But you got to let your fans and people you follow know that you're alive. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm alive. I promise you, and I I might just do that just to kind of help edge that along a little bit. So, yeah. so, but in in other words, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. We'll be here next week as usual, and I don't have any clever quirky thing to say today. All right, guys, <laughs> have a good one. Take care. See you next week, and I'm pretty sure we're recording next week. I am going to San Diego. I'm excited as hell next week, but I should hopefully, unless I'm like busy that week. But yeah, all right. Have a good one, guys. Peace.